0: Welcome to the You, Me and the GP radio show, a health exercise and nutrition show for over 40s who want to get back to their best. Discover how to keep yourself fit, healthy and full of energy. Each week, your hosts Rich Clark and Dr. Mark Daniels will answer your questions and interview special guests. Rich Clark is an exercise scientist and nutritionist who helps over 40s thrive, not just survive in today's busy world. Dr. Mark Daniels is a practicing GP with 25 years experience. He's had notable success with his patients using simple dietary changes rather than medication to provide improvements. Living in Wales with their families, they see the effect poor health has on people on a daily basis and how easily it can be turned around. Sit back and enjoy our tips and advice.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of you, me, and the GP—we gotta be getting closer to the fifty soon. Thinking about changing the introduction and the outro, Mark. What do you sure. think? Yeah,
2: yeah, sounds like a good idea. I, I don't, I don't actually uh, listen to them back very much because I, uh, I don't like listening to myself. Yeah, it's, I, 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 I'm not bored of the intro because I only, only dip in and dip out. But other people who listen to it all the time maybe get bored of it.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I have to admit it's sort of just to keep it fresh for for me as well as everybody else, but. Just yeah, I listened to other podcasts and uh, a chap has done it on his podcast I listened to recently, and yeah, it was nice. It was just uh, good and uh, it gave me some inspiration. So keep an eye out for that. No pressure on myself to, to get that done, but yeah, we'll do that. How is Tricks, sir? Yeah, good.
2: And we're just organising. Um, my youngest one is going off to do a gap year. are I'd heard of when I was around. Oh, she was. She's going all over the place, so organising her immunisations and, you know, all sorts of stuff. Expensive times. Oh, me. But she's paying for herself, so
1: to be fair. What's the general route sort of thing?
2: Australia, then the Far East.
1: Oh, brilliant. So It's good to uh, see how uh, the other parts of the world are. It's good to have that coming back to Wales. I, I, I definitely... Uh, how old is she? Eight. 18. Oh, wow. Yeah, she'll she'll be a different person uh, or a better person coming back for sure, you know. I don't think so. uh, Mark, uh, um, um, I'm sure your wife and you were a bit nervous about it or whatever, but um, it's a well uh, kind of walked path now, isn't it? So she's not going too far off the beaten track
2: there.
1: No, no, anyway. It should be good. Great. uh, Yeah, well, I've been uh, busy kind of turning our back garden around. We've we've had it all paved over and I've put a basketball hoop and I've got a, a sports box now out the back garden from a business I used to run in the past. And my son has gr- finally grown up to inherit half of the equipment. I used to run a sports camp right. in my younger days. And as is the case with equipment, I often overbuy And, uh, yeah, I've got a whole container full of sports equipment for my son to (laughs) work his way through. So he's quickly now learning cricket and tennis and uh, soccer and basketball. So, um, great. And we're all having a good laugh with that at the same time as well, you know. So he's making us all go out and play with him. So that's...
2: That's the best sort of training, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it's great. And I didn't think about it until perhaps somebody mentioned it to me, but... It really does help you to forget when you play <sniffs> keeps you in the moment as they call it you know so uh, yeah it's good because as adults we can't often get caught up in either the past or the future and the seriousness of life and I'm just at the minute trying to simplify my whole uh, routine um, so much so that I didn't even set my alarm last night by mistake so I, I was trying to trying to relax a bit more and switch off. And I, I switched off a bit too much last night. I got up 10 minutes late this morning, but good old body clock got me got me there. So, all this uh, chitter-chatter. First question, Mark. Okay. Hey, Clark. That's my American accent, that was. For my buddy, Lars. This is from Lars. Hey, Clark. Listening to this week's podcast, I was shocked to hear ibuprofen classed as a dirty drug. Can you do more on that? Which brands are bad? What levels are safe? Advil and uh, Aleve are prescribed over here like water. What level is safe? I don't know. I don't think I know anyone who is not regularly taking one of those. Thanks, mate. Love the show as always. Lars, send a recording in just because, you know, you're the only one who's done it so far. Hint, hint. If anybody wants to send a recorded question in, that would be great. Mark.
2: Okay, so it was was me who called him a dirty drug, obviously, Yes, and I I obviously stand by it. Um, All drugs have got side effects, all right? The the perfect drug would be a drug that that did what it was supposed to without any side effects. Now, unfortunately, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, which all those drugs are, uh, have got quite a bad press. I mean, the original problem was that, and it's still a problem, it's that half of all ulcers these days are caused by them. So if you have a stomach ulcer, it's 50% chance it's caused by a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug. And you don't actually need to take it for very long. You can have one dose, and I've given it to people, and they've had one dose, and they've had a big stomach bleed. So it's not really dose-dependent. You can have one dose, you can have 100 doses, and you get your stomach ulcer. That's the first thing. Now, there's been a, I mean, people have seen in the news of a drug called VIOX. Vargas is a, a more modern non-steroidal, but that's been taken off the market because they had an increase in heart disease, in, in heart attacks, basically, by people were using it. And that holds true for ibuprofen as well. So if, you, if you've if you got heart disease or i have got a chance of heart disease, I wouldn't take ibuprofen.
1: Yeah, Advil is...
2: Advil is ibuprofen.
1: Yeah, you know. see, that's right, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah so uh, it also causes problems with your kidneys. You can get kidney problems with it. So, I mean, it's a drug that, for the effect it has, which is not particularly large. I mean, it has an a anti-inflammatory effect, but to be perfectly honest, if you're taking it for minor trauma, I wouldn't. I would just use rice and, you know, rest ice, compression, elevation. Or if you're uh, taking it for osteo- osteoarthritis, I wouldn't take it for that because it only works when there's actually inflammation there. And osteoarthritis, what, over a period of time, is just bone on bone rather than inflammation. So I, I, it's way overused. I haven't taken one, I don't think, in the last 20 years, and I have plenty of knocks and bumps. I, I just wouldn't take them. It just seems pointless to me to take a drug that could give you a stomach all, so i am taking one tablet.
1: Brilliant. Good.
2: So? There is no safe dose, that's what I'm no, trying to say. Uh, good.
1: That's great. So there's no safe uh, dose, and um, yeah. that's I mean, good. Nowadays, so the plate. Go on, sorry.
2: Nowadays, even if we give aspirin to non-steroid, all right, even if we give aspirin for protection of heart disease, it is a very potent drug for the protection of heart disease, someone to had a heart attack, we tend to give it with a uh, PPI, a, a drug to protect your stomach. So they're that bad that we're now told to give it with um, protection for your stomach. So if you take an Advil or you take an Ioprofen, and we have a lot of people who take them, they, they can cause all sorts of problems. I mean, most people, they get away with it. With a small dose, a few days, they'll get away with it. But ever so often, you get someone who doesn't get away with it. And the amount of actual good they do I don't see much point in taking them myself. But, you know, if you've got a, a really bad bit of information, yeah, take some. But take some with, uh, with some uh, protection. But I stay, I tend to stay clear of them as much as I can.
1: Yeah. So you answered my kind of question. I was just going to play devil's advocate and just say, well, there's people that they're listening I who would be, you know, they take anti-inflammatories, like Lars said. Uh, everybody takes them and, and they pop them like smarties. So like
2: the, what the, the thing, what the is the... Thing, the yeah, what I was gonna say is the pain killing action of an anti-inflammatory is no more than paracetamol. Mm. That's the important thing. The pain killing action. People take them as painkillers. They have a headache, they take an ibuprofen. They have, uh, you know, a stomach ache, they take ibuprofen. If you're gonna take a painkiller, take paracetamol for, as a painkiller. Now, if you're taking it as an anti-inflammatory, if we've got some inflammation somewhere, yeah. yeah, you can take it, but beware, you could cause yourself some harm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, as, it, it's true with all drugs you can cause harm, but I think that they are a drug that has got more side effects than most other drugs.
1: Yeah. So if they're on an anti-inflammatory and they want to switch to something else, they're going to be worried to come off their anti-inflammatory because they think, oh, well, it's the only thing that gives them any relief. They've been taking ibuprofen for a long time. If they I'm just pull it... i to paracetamol. But as paracetamol is not an anti-inflammatory.
2: No, no, it's just paracetamol because they're, if they're taking it for a long time, they, whatever the inflammation was there originally is probably not there anymore. They're just taking it as a painkiller. So take it, take paracetamol as of ibuprofen as a painkiller. Okay. You see, most people who so
1: long term, maybe like long term people who's been using it for an inflammatory problem. What would you suggest?
2: Which they, well, it on they they've they've shouldn't got,
1: be taking it long term for starters, should they?
2: Not really, no. I mean, if, you, if, you, if you've got, uh, say you've got the, the classic... Uh,
1: people are on prescriptions do. for ibuprofen at the end of the day, and it's just every month, boom, boom, boom.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have people who've, got, people who've got ibuprofen. But the bottom line is, people who've got real bad inflammation, there aren't that many diseases that have real bad inflammation. I mean, the classic one is rheumatoid arthritis, really bad inflammation. Now, these people should be on what's called a DMARD, which is a disease-modifying agent. Rather than anti-inflammatory, they may be on anti-inflammatory intermittently, but they should be on a more powerful drug to to actually stop their uh, you know prevent their illness getting worse. There's many many new very good uh, drugs for rheumatoid arthritis, but apart from that, anti-inflammatories they're mainly used by people who've got pain from other conditions like bad back or whatever, and it's no better than paracetamol for that.
1: Okay, good, good. That's excellent, and just to finally add to the inflammatory thing an anti-inflammatory diet will reduce a lot of systemic inflammation that's been there for a long time so if you cut out inflammatory foods such as meat and and sugars and processed food all the usual uh, victims if you are suffering from a long-term inflammatory problem Although, if you we went to hospital, nobody would ever mention this to you, but it could have such a dramatic effect with that. And then if you threw some vitamin C and some fish oil, some basic stuff in there, probably some vitamin D, you'd, you'd really, you know, have a heck of a change. in,
2: we'll get the, the, in vegetable yeah. that the vegetable oils. Yeah. They're
1: very ployant. Right? for the Yeah, that's right. All the omega-6s. Uh, yeah. and, uh, okay. Fantastic. Good stuff. Information. I love that topic. I'm... Right. Okay, Laura, forty-one. This is the one who asked the question on the last podcast. I forgot. Hi, both. I do go to the gym. I usually use the treadmill and a few light weights, four to five kilo dumbbells. I realise that these are too easy, but at the same time, I'm scared to go any heavier. What will really happen? I hear so many different things. Thanks.
2: Can I just do my very mind a bit first before we start? women don't tend to bulk up it's really simple they haven't got enough
1: testosterone to bulk up so don't be afraid to go heavy yeah. if, you, if you look at all the, the crossfitters they don't they are
2: some that bulky but very few are bulky they tend to be very well toned so and they use heavy weights so my my view of women is go as heavy as you can because you aren't going to become you know unless you start taking and you know supplements of steroids you know testosterone you're not going to end up in this universe don't worry
1: Oh, Mark, we got a bit of controversy here now because I'm going to have to like a little bit of disagreement here because of my experience tells me that yes, women should lift weights. Of that bit, I agree, and they, they, they won't bulk up, but on a certain caveat. Now, and this is where the problem is because. The bit I disagree with is a lot of the CrossFit girls do go bigger, muscly-wise. The top ones, fair enough, they look absolutely fantastic. So do the guys. It's like they're elite athlete superheroes or something. But your average person doing CrossFit, if you do that amount of volume, okay, and this is the caveat, if you are not on a really clean diet, you were eating any carbs and too much fruit, you will start to go bigger in your arms, your shoulders and your ass. And I've seen so many girls put on some you know, serious muscle going to CrossFit and you can tell the CrossFit girls, the way they stand, their shoulders are rounded and their traps are there and all the rest of it. So, um, and then going on from that, with my wife, for example, she uses circuit training quite a bit because it's one in the morning out of six in the morning. She thinks, you know, get up there before, you know, great. And I agree, it's all done early. If she does too much circuit training or boot camps, because these guys are throwing out, sometimes the girls are end up doing 100, 150 press-ups, okay? If you think you're going to do that volume of upper body work or leg work and then fall off your diet a bit, eat, drinking wine and, and eating a bit of carbs too much, you will go fatter okay if you're falling off your diet and you're not eating well you should best to stick to more cardio and less training that's going to be anabolic um, and that's answer shows that it's not straightforward it's complicated okay so yes weight training to answer the lady's question uh, you should go heavier you shouldn't do more than five reps for heavy stuff because, again, that's going to cause hypertrophy if you go in heavy with 8 or 10. It's going to cause maybe potentially a bit of hypertrophy. But keep your reps low with your heavy, heavy stuff. And then do a little bit of weight training, a uh, little bit of power training, and um, a little bit of circuit. So I do maybe one circuit and weight training session if it was just that a week. Um, uh, one or two cardios. And then a yoga or a Pilates, and that takes you up to three, four sessions, and um, that's enough, I think. You know what? What do you think of that? To that sort of. Um,
2: I, I think it's um, eminently really sensible, but I just think you go into a, a standard gym or you
1: are going to a mm. CrossFit gym. Mm. Which women look better? Um, I'd say uh, you know my own like.
2: No, not your gym, I'm talking yeah. about you go to the standard gym where people go, yeah. they don't get fat, they don't get because yeah.
1: yeah, fat people, people don't crossfit. go to CrossFit, that's why. Well, they do,
2: initially, it's quite a few people who are fat and go to CrossFit, my daughter's best friend. But
1: generally, gen- generally, it's it's sort of, as you say, there are going to be more normal people, but yeah, I see what you're saying, CrossFitters are in a generally, an averagely, a better shape, for sure. Yes, um, exactly. But respect the weights and um, yeah. it all comes down to the diet. So if you've got the caveat of you can just say, oh, well, I eat clean and I'm really lean with my carbs and I only have them after exercise or on training days and so on, blah, 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 blah. You can train as hard as you want, as often as you want and you go into your most awesome potential shape. But if you are human and you like wine and bread and normal food, then do not fucking slam the weights, I can assure you um okay next question quick and easy one i think how much water should i really drink how much is too much cheryl 40 years old mark
2: it's very hard to drink too much water you can mm. and drink too much water and there's some people who've got certain um problems with their um water control, um, you know, the natural hormonal water control They can drink too much. As a rule of thumb, it's very hard to drink too much. Most people drink far too little. So, I mean, if you're drinking your three litres a day, you're drinking
1: enough. Yeah. Yeah. I I say, on average, as you say, two to three litres a day, it's about a litre per three and a half stone. Yeah. Is that right? So... Yeah, if you're like kind of eight to ten stone, it's about to two and a half litres, something okay. like that. So, uh, yeah.
2: Coffee and tea don't count.
1: Mm. And the, the only That's example I'd give... No, coffee and tea don't count. The only example I'd give of drinking too much water is for athletes, and I've had this with a friend of mine. I went into a coma um, yeah. at, in Lanzarote, yeah, I, I don't know whether... It was my old podcast that I used to do. I told this story and we actually interviewed Dean and he hyperhydrated a week before an Ironman in Lanzarote. He was out there in the warm weather and he was drinking like a gallon of water a day or whatever. And he depleted all his body salts. And then at a very late stage in the Ironman, he thought he'd been run over by a car. And he woke up three or four days later in the hospital with all his family from the UK around him. Because he'd gone into a, a coma from a hypo Tria, if I say that
2: right.
1: Hypo- Hyponatremia. Hyponatremia. No salt. I yeah. So that's the only time you can drink too much water if you're going to be doing excessive exercise because it reduces your blood volume. Um, <laughs> that would so interesting shit stuff. Okay, last question for this episode: How can a skinny guy gain weight? Okay because uh, it, it's South Wales you have to add in brackets there legally because you know <laughs> so the best way I'll kick off on this one being a, a skinny guy who has gained weight and done it the hard way the best way is through fats and carbs because that's they're the nicest foods to eat and you can eat a ton of them don't try to be on some high protein diet yes have high protein but don't Uh, miss out on things like olive oil and bread good quality svelte loaf or rye bread and stuff with your olive oil and balsamic vinegar that can really kind of you know give you extra good calories coconut milk and coconut oil butter all the fat you can kind of get with regards nuts then with you have say potatoes you put butter on your potatoes if you have rice you put coconut oil on the rice if you have the bread as i say you have the olive oil um, uh, or butter on the bread so it's really looking to combine the fats and the carbs a lot because that is what is anabolic with the food and if you're a skinny guy you need to be in anabolism to gain weight uh, you, you know you do have to eat a lot as well and if you were going to put a calorie amount on it, my personal breakthrough came nine months of 4,000 calories. So in real terms, that's what we're talking. Every day, nine months, 4,000 calories, and then you put on a few kilos. And that's, that's genuinely it. I put on two stone in 15, 18 years. So it's, um, it's not easy to get your body out of it. It's normal body type mark isn't it.
2: Well it's it's, it's the opposite question to we normally get asked isn't it. Yeah
1: yeah it's well like it's too, it's definitely eat good,
2: good. slowly eat too many calories too much mm. bad food but there are a lot of I mean, I I'm, I'm, I'm a skinny guy who uh, finds it difficult to bulk up I mean I mean, there was say ectomorphs, hypermorphs. I can't remember what they're called. There's this Ecto, stuff, yeah, ectomorph. Some people are, are easily; they just have to look at something You know, something they put on weight, and some people struggle like hell to gain weight. You know, anyone can gain weight, fat. You know, I know they can gain fat. But it's, it's gaining lean body mass is so so difficult.
1: Mm-hmm. If you're yeah, an, uh, if you're yeah, if, if you're an ectomorph and you're training and you've got the right Good quality foods coming in as you say, you you shouldn't put on really too much yes you're gonna put on body fat you you have to keep your body fat level to a certain point to stay anabolic but I also forgot to mention for this guy like we said for the girl with the high volume weights well this is what you do want to do with with if you're lean is do high volume weight training like bodybuilding uh, with some you know crossfit is perfect um, to put weight on you because you're going to be doing pull-ups and uh, all the main movements so if you want to put weight on go to crossfit eat like a horse eat loads of good fats and carbs and um, yeah you might put on a few kilos and that genuinely is it oh there's one more trick I use with rugby players um, again i got young rugby players they want to put on size they all want to do it naturally you can take 30 Beef liver capsules a day. This comes okay from a guy called Dr. Eric Serrano. If you want to check him out, he's he's an amazing hormone expert. He works with the NFL football in America, putting weight on these boys naturally. And this is um, basically what you're taking is beef liver. So you take 30 beef liver capsules a day, you buy these, they're called Nature's Multivitamin, and they're on a Phil Richards product. But if you can get desiccated Argentinian grass fed beef liver, which is what they uh, is what you're looking for, it's what this guy used, then ten of those in between meals three times a day, the boys just grow like like a bull. They grow like a bull on it, and the guy said in a seminar doesn't know why it works or doesn't know what or whatever, but it puts size on people six to twelve weeks, like good few kilos so that's something I picked up and tried, and it worked, okay, so anything else, mark
2: no, anything else on that
1: one okay, great, and thank you everybody for listening. Uh, thank you for those of you who are leaving uh, your review in exchange for your answer of a question. I don't know if I remind the people about our little deal often enough, but if you can leave the reviews and ratings on the iTunes, it really rockets us up there. We've been sticking in the top 100. Um, we do drop out sometimes, but mostly we're sticking in the top 100, so thank you for your continued support. Thank you for your your feedback, and uh, leave us a review ratings uh, as well. Thank you, guys. Thanks for me.
2: Uh,
0: thanks for You, me, and the GP Radio Show is intended for general information purposes and is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease. It is not designed to provide specific advice, and anyone with a medical problem should seek the advice from their own doctor. Please note, we accept absolutely no responsibility if you turn into a fitter, stronger, more energetic, and all-round better version of yourself. To get the show notes, just head on over to richard-clark.co.uk.